Welcome to Step Monsters, a podcast all about the highs and lows of step parenthood. I'm Elise and this is Bailey. We're two friends bonded by this crazy stepmom world. All right, welcome back. I am super excited for today because we have a special guest. My stepdad, Steve, is actually here to join us. But before we get into some Q&A with him and before we hear about what it's like to be a stepdad, since usually all we talk about is being a stepmom, I do have a really funny story to tell. So last week, my stepdaughter was at our house and um, I was, I think I was out with some friends or out to dinner or something. And she sends me a text and she says, can I borrow a tampon? I'm like, sure, go ahead. And she texts me two minutes later and she goes, can you please explain to me why I go into a tampon box and I find instead a box of pot gummies? I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) So I totally forgot. Like, back it up. Number one, I live in Arizona and it is now fully legal. So don't come at me for that. But number two, a while back, like midsummer first round of COVID, I was having trouble sleeping. I was having a little bit of anxiety. There was a lot going on. My job was potentially at risk, but I had asked my hair girl when I was there, I'm like, is there anything that you would recommend? And she was like, yeah, you should try some gummies. And she's like, I actually have my medical card. I'll get you some, the kind that will help you sleep. I'm like, "Eh, all right, why not? So she gets me the gummies and I take a couple of them. Number one, they taste like complete ass. Like I tasted like I was actually physically eating grass from my backyard. It was gross. Number two, they didn't really help me sleep the way that I had hoped they did. I woke up super groggy. So I I don't know. I have like prior to that, never smoked pot in my entire life, never did any drugs, not none of that. My stepdad is making a face right now, but I swear (laughs) on my life, I never did any drugs. And so I decided I didn't like them and I put them in an empty tampon box naturally as a hiding spot. And she was dying when she went into my tampon box to find pot gummies. And she was like, this, this is a, a new new high for you from a, a step parent perspective. She was like, congratulations, you've you've now accomplished everything that you need to in your step parent life. So that was humiliating and hilarious. And I was actually on a call supposed to be presenting at the time that she had texted me that and it totally threw me off my game. I was dying laughing and she still brings it up and still thinks it's really funny. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about some cringy stories before, but who knew from our cringy stories that maybe you could win some accolades from the step kids. So oh, gosh. kudos to you. I'd like to ask a couple questions about that. <laughs> go, ahead. go right ahead. So who exactly were you hiding them from? <laughs> Tampon box? Who, very... Who's going to find them there? I don't, that, that was the point. Nobody I was going to find them I think you didn't want your husband. I didn't want my husband or my stepson <laughs> to find them. You didn't want your husband to find them and eat them. No, but he knew I had them. It's not like I was hiding them okay. from him. Actually, the first time I took one, I made him also take one because I was really nervous. And I'm like, I don't want to do it alone. Will you do it with Moral me? support. Right. He was a total trooper. He did. But I don't know who I was hiding from. I, I, I don't know. The tampon box just felt like a very unlikely place for anybody to like accidentally stumble upon them. So we're really excited to have you on. And we've had a lot of people that have asked us a ton of questions for you and some things that we came up with on our own. We have all the insights and all the livable experience of what it's like to be a stepmom, but there's so many times I've wanted to ask questions to the stepdad that's involved in our co-parenting situation, and we just don't have that relationship. So I'm really excited to hear some of the stuff that you have to say and insights. You've been a stepdad for seemingly 
you know, 30 years now. So I'm sure you have been around the block. So um, why don't you give us a brief overview of your stepdad life and setup and just the initial how old you were when you met Bailey and her mom and what that looked like? Oh boy, how old was I? That would have been 91. So I was 26. Oh my gosh, I did not realize you were that young. Indeed. I vividly recall the first time I met you. You were two years old and you were wearing a crayon costume for Halloween. And your mother brought you in to the workplace that we both worked together. That's how we met. I remember walking up to you and you clearly spoke to me and said, hi, I'm a crayon. And that's when I realized that you were more mature than me at that moment. <laughs> very mature child the way you spoke was was kind of stunning to me um however I, I i need to mention that i was a stepchild too i had two stepmoms growing up so um i could relate a little bit um to some of the mistakes i think they made because it was in the 70s i think and it was a completely different ballgame diverse divorce was looked down upon and i think that i learned a lot from those experiences and my wife was very patient with me too we we, we dated for a while a long time, like forever. It seemed like forever for you. For me, it was just a moment. <laughs> I believe it was about seven years. The neat thing about being a stepdad is I got to participate in all the, the fun stuff while she was growing up, um, as far as teaching her how to ride a bike, um, roller skating, swimming. I remember being at her first swim lessons. I remember, I think this is the first time that I realized that I loved you, is you came home and you had just crashed your bike and you landed on your face. Oh, and that was when I broke my nose. And you were just bleeding everywhere. And your, you know, your lip was quivering and you're like, can I, can I still ride my bike? It was so cute. <laughs> it was not cute from my perspective. Well, you know, terrifying. I realized you weren't really hurt bad. It was just, you know, you, you face planted. It's, I totally face planted. But you went out and rode your bike. You were a tough kid. So that's kind of about the first time I realized. And then. Your mother and I bought a house and we really, you know, we were really a family then. And mm -hmm. um, amazingly, my wife got pregnant at that time and Brittany had a had a brother and that wasn't supposed to happen. That was a surprise. Oh, that was a surprise. Complete surprise. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. I thought that was planned because one of the questions that I actually had for you was, did you plan to have a kid of your own? Because that's it's really common. Obviously, you know that I don't have a kid of my own and I don't have any intention on having any, but there's a ton of different dichotomies that we hear about from the people that follow us on Instagram between deciding to have a kid of your own. And if you don't, can you love your step kid like you would love your own? But do you really know what that means until you actually have your own? Like there's, there's a lot of really, yeah. really interesting things around that. I don't, I never, because I have no, I had known you for seven or eight years already. I didn't really, you know, he was a boy. So obviously it was different for my son, but it didn't really, you were kind of the same except for I would be easier on you because I was afraid of the wrath of your mother. The wrath. The wrath. There's boundaries. I think being a step parent and one of them obviously is with the father. I was a little bit fortunate because he moved out of the country so he wasn't involved and that was great for me because i didn't get the the father spoiling her all weekend and then her coming back and being a monster she was just a monster all the time <laughs> 
I have a few questions for you. My first question, when you were telling, you know, about your son and how you had another child, what did the introduction or what did the telling Bailey that you had another child on the way? And do you feel like it's different than how you would have handled it if she were your biological daughter? I don't think so. I I recall her being incredibly excited that she was going to have a sibling. And she was such a little mom anyway. I mean, bossy Bailey, you know, business Bailey. So if I, from what I remember, she was very excited. And we, you know, we told her together, her mother went and got her and we told her, uh, and no one was more surprised than me that she was pregnant, believe me, because that wasn't supposed to happen. It wasn't that we weren't trying, but there were some uh, medical reasons and we didn't think that she would ever get pregnant again, but surprise. Ta-da. And it was exactly nine months after we got married, too. That's amazing. And then you talked a little bit about how your involvement with Bailey when it comes to discipline is different than with your son. And a lot of stepmoms deal with that. And there's this overarching topic that we talk about how to disengage because it creates more stress sometimes than what's worth it. What did that look like for you? Well, I completely agree with that. At first, it was um, it was pretty difficult because you kind of have to learn that. And if you get, if you overstep, and I keep saying overstep, but you want to be aware of, you know, all the emotions involved. And it just seemed like sometimes it would be better for me to back away. And otherwise, it would, it would cause friction between myself and my wife. That's something that we've talked a lot about in prior episodes and it totally is a learned behavior and it's kind of one of those things that you tough it out and you fight and you figure out what the contention is and then you change what you're doing and it gets better. Completely understand that definitely and it's refreshing to hear that stepmoms aren't the only ones who have to kind of tiptoe around that sort of scenario. Yeah well I was told too a couple of times so (laughs) He was flat out told. We'll just say my mom is very straightforward, very direct. It took a little bit of growing up. I I can say that I definitely agree with that. I mean, I obviously neither you or I. And now that I think about it, I think when I met the kids, so this year will be seven years that my husband and I have been together. And I'm 33. So seven years ago, I was 26. So it's weird to think about the fact that you and I were the same age when we essentially became step parents. Even but crazier, I was the same age, 20. 20- Six might really? be like the magic step parent number if you're 26. That's the magic number. But if you were to, I mean, I know a lot of my friends had kids when they were in their early 20s, but if you were to ask me if I were ready to parent a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old at age 26, I would have said, hell no, no chance. And I mean, that was, it was crazy to like step into all of a sudden you're like an Insta family. It was not, you're not just dating one person, you're dating two people and you're at the same time trying to parent. And that was wild at 26. I think it was a lot different for you though, because kids were older. Yeah, that's true. And you could be a little bit of a friend, maybe. Uh, for me, I mean, you were so little that we did a lot of tea parties, though. <laughs> but especially when you about eighth grade from then on, once the hormones started, I was clueless. And I think most fathers are not just stepfathers. So I believe that was kind of helped my wife deal a little bit more. So Bailey had mentioned to me previously, and, and you touched on it, that her dad is overseas. So what did that, I'm sure that brought on some struggles as far as coordination or communication. What was that dynamic like? And you know, what kind of struggles did that bring on with him being so far away? It was kind of twofold because 
he was far away and amazingly his family who bailey really wanted to have a relationship with and they're very very neat family they were very accepting of me they would invite me over to family functions which is a little uncomfortable for a while but i got to know them however it was always just i always kind of knew that i was not him yeah you weren't you weren't my dad you weren't replacing him and even though they were really really sweet to you and really welcoming to you it was probably i mean i i feel like i can empathize with this feeling more now than ever but probably so freaking awkward to be in the room for you there was hundreds of of them there was hundreds of them oh yeah it's a big family we they'd have big easter gatherings and christmas i mean there was literally a lot of them and you know i was just i was young so it was very interesting going back to your father though some of the choices that he made uh really would upset me and just the way he interacted with bailey um not calling or showing up and not letting her know that he's coming that kind of stuff would really bother me. However, my wife and I would talk about it a lot and it never it never bubbled to the surface like I've seen before with some other families. Yeah, definitely not. I can see with, as a stepmom, if I put myself in your shoes and I'm with the extended family of the biological parent, I, in my mind, think the hardest thing for me to overcome would be are they being nice to me out of necessity because they know if they're not, they might potentially harm their potential to see Bailey. And I think it's awesome that you guys had that relationship and that you did those sort of things together. So kudos to you for being strong enough to get through that and and do the best for for Bailey to be able to spend time with her extended family. That's there awesome. was no choice. <laughs> you show up or else. That's right. Yeah, her her extended family was kind of unique, though. They were um, a lot of them were kind of hippies, so they were very relaxed. They had a lot of empty tampon boxes with questionable things in them. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) They did. You're right. I'm never going to live that down. Um, Did you ever have any direct communication with Bailey's dad or any interactions with the stepmom? Yeah, well, not till the stepmom, not too much. Uh, one of the very unique experiences that we I had with them is they sent their daughters here to stay with us in the summer. They had two daughters and they just basically dropped them off at the door or they flew them here and they were driven to our house. And that was kind of interesting. They're great kids, though. So, I mean, it was uh, it was very interesting. And they were from, uh, you know, a for- another country. So they their culture shock was fairly profound. Um, the dust storm coming. I don't know if you remember that. But I totally remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were very scared of the dust storm. How did the communication to plan that behind the scenes? What was that like? It was mostly through me. I was so naive at the time, too. I didn't it didn't even occur to me how weird that must have been for you and mom. All I thought was these are my two half sisters that I never get to see. And my dad wants them to come visit me and spend time with me. And for me, I was like, ah, hell yeah, like, let's do this. I get to spend time with my sisters. I never get to see them. And when I I remember asking my mom, hey, my sisters want to come visit. Can they stay with us? And I I feel like I remember the look on her face like, oh, God, what do I do? (laughs) Like, I can't say no. I think she felt obligated to say yes, because she probably saw and felt the excitement in my face and didn't want to crush me and say no. And they both, I mean, I don't know how you're a much better person than I am, but swallowed your pride. You know, it, it wasn't come 
and say. It wasn't like that though. She was she she was for it because she wanted you to. Yeah. You know, your mom's your biggest fan, so uh, I think that she wanted you. I, for my perspective, it was a little harder. I think because probably you know that wasn't the hardest thing that I had with your father though. You know, he would show up and be insta dad, and it, it was super dad. It, he it liked would to swoop in it, and when he showed up at her high school graduation, that was that was real tough for me because he got dropped off at her front door and we had to drive him to the graduation and and that was really uncomfortable i'm sure you had conversations with your wife about this and so what was her take on that she just said we're doing it for and and she always said that to me and the other thing that uh, my wife said a lot was bailey will figure it out and she did i think it's funny elise and i talk about that all the time and we always say so we get questions constantly about how do you deal with the bio mom saying bad things about me as a stepmom and how do you deal with that and we always tell them similar to I mean I I follow as a step parent the same mantra that you and mom followed when I was growing up and that's don't ever say a bad word about my dad but I have followed that same mantra as well my husband and I have that and we've said do not ever say a bad thing about their mom in front of them because it's not worth it it puts the kids in the middle and it's not fair to them and eventually they will figure it out I mean we have even some family members my cousins who went through a nasty divorce situation when they were younger and there was all sorts of putting the kids in the middle scenarios there and at one point the kids decided to just abandon their mom and move across the country because of things that were said and because they were put in the middle the conflict yeah so much conflict and i i saw that and never wanted that for my stepkids but eventually my cousins figured it out and they saw the full picture on their own and eventually i saw my full picture on my own and now my stepkids see the same thing that we didn't ever have to say a word about any scenario that we felt like was less than ideal for them to actually come to. So that's always the advice that we give people is keep your mouth shut, do it yeah. for the kids. And eventually they'll, they'll see the full picture. They will. And it, it doesn't mean the other parent is a bad person. The biggest thing for me, the biggest, the eureka moment was it's not about me. And that's when I, that made things a lot easier for me when I realized that. So we, this reminds me, we had an interesting question today that I had a conversation with one of our Instagram followers and she reached out for advice. She said that their stepson really doesn't want to go visit his mom anymore. He doesn't feel like he connects with her and they've been trying to give him positive advice on how he can communicate with her. She feels the disconnect. She'll talk to him about it and, and express her sadness. And she said, you know, what do we do? Do we, you know, make it a point to tell him that he doesn't have to visit her if he doesn't want to? Or do we go to court and try to get some sort of court order? Because she's she only has every other weekend. She has, you know, a typical um, bio dad schedule. And my advice to her was, you should always facilitate the relationship because even if he feels this way now, now, you don't want to put him in a scenario where you facilitate him disconnecting from her and he has any sort of guilt about it later. And I think that's something that a lot of parents deal with on how to navigate teenager feelings and them not understanding the situation and things that it might dredge up later on. And, you know, we talk about kids understanding and everyone's fully aware that we have a pretty difficult situation on my end. And, you know, I, I hope that that's the case, that, that they come back around and they understand from an adult perspective and they don't they don't harbor guilt for some of the decisions that they've made. But I think that's a tough one for a lot of people who co-parent, even if it's not a tumultuous situation. It's hard to navigate what's the right thing every single time. A lot of it, I believe, depends on 
on the developmental age of the child too, teenager versus school age, because I mean, it's a completely world of difference. So, you know, that has to be taken into consideration. I don't think there's a right answer for that. It's just, it's tough. It's a tough, tough thing. It is really hard. Was that ever something that you worried about with your relationship with Bailey as she moved through the teenage years? A little bit. You know, we were lucky. Bailey was a um, really good kid, but for a few years, as a teenager, she no was just way. she was just a nightmare. I don't know what you're talking about. I hate you. I have fully admitted on other episodes that I was terrible to my mom as a teenager, but we're the best of friends now. So we, I see we with my step monster, I was the opposite. <laughs> I was disengaged uh, as a teenager. As you were? Totally. Yeah. yeah. I did not want to go over there. I didn't want, you know, and part of that was what you were talking about earlier. They, they would bash on my mom and my dad would do it too. It wasn't just her. And I didn't have anything in common with them. It was mm-hmm. just my mom made me and I don't know if it helped or it didn't. It's hard to say. Well, I think that's the thing that we always have to think about. And you hear, you can't ever talk badly about the other parent because in that child's mind, and it's 100% true, the the two folks, the dad and the mom made that child. And so you're a little bit of each. And if you speak poorly about the biological parent in front of the child, it, I think, creates just negative emotions at formidable ages. Part of this part of themselves yeah, yeah. for sure and then it's that sort of mentality where you want to protect anyone who's being talked negatively about and you you know detract from the people that are doing that as sort of kind of like a bully mentality so it's weird. i can see we- that at one point, we should try to have like a psychologist or a psychiatrist on and ask about that. Because even if you aren't preferential to the person that's being talked poorly about, inherently, you find yourself wanting to defend them and finding like you find yourself wanting to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like you can't even if it's, if it were like my mom or my dad, I think if you guys were to talk bad about my dad, even though I knew whatever you were saying was true, I would feel like I need to defend him because yeah. he's my dad. So I'm very grateful that you did not talk bad about him and you know i love my dad he's not perfect and we've, we've yeah had he's our, not a bad guy no it's, we've yeah. we've had our ups and downs but if i think i would have felt a little bit resentful if that would have gone differently as a child my wife told me many times there's a reason i divorced him <laughs> and that helped me it really did uh, it sounds kind of trite but it really helped me yeah and my husband has a coin phrase that i swear i've heard a hundred times it's so obnoxious how many times he says it there there's a reason why divorces are so expensive because they're worth it i'm like did you feel that way when you were fitting the bill for that (laughs) are you sure do you still feel that way i think he does i think he definitely does especially lately it's half of everything steve i'm so curious because I, my parents are married. I've never been a stepchild. What was your, you know, your situation with your step parents? And did you have a stepdad and a stepmom? I know you mentioned you had two stepmoms. What, what did that look like? And what are your thoughts? Well, my my mother never remarried. She did date a couple times. And um, that's an interesting story because one of the men she dated was a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine's father. Oh, I thought you were going to say a really good friend of yours. And yeah, that I got was nervous for a second. Really awkward. <laughs> Mm. Well, I, I could say that if you want to spice it up a bit, no, but that's not true. Uh, with with 
my step parents, the the women that my father chose, I found to be crazy. To be honest with you, um, one was a neat freak. Everything after I brushed my teeth, I had to wipe down the entire sink. That's just an example of one of the many things that she made us do. There didn't seem to be a discipline reason to it. It was just you know go wipe the water off the car after it rained. Just really weird stuff like that. Then my second stepmother, she was a real treat. She had been reincarnated many times, and and she had never worked a job, never had a job in her entire life. Is this Mary? Yes. Never had a job. She had been married to a wealthy man and then divorced him. And so she had a trust. She never worked. And she was really crazy. She would tell us about her past lives. And what do you say? I mean, you just listen. This sounds like outside of a past lives, this sounds, I have a step grandmother and her uh, backstory is pretty similar, but she's like super high strung. She's definitely not on her seventh life. I don't know. I never really got too emotionally attached to either one of them, to be honest with you. I was already, well, my first stepmother was, I was eight when my parents divorced. So I was about 10 when he remarried and just going into my teenage years. So I was, you know, I was, I was pretty rebellious rebellious teenagers. So I didn't see them, but every other weekend. And uh, I didn't want to go over there, to be honest with you. She didn't believe in TV either. We didn't have a TV. What do you do? I read a lot. What was your communication with your dad like when you weren't there for the weekend? He would call once in a while. Uh, It wasn't great. He, he owned his own business, so he was busy, but he was always doing his own thing. He, There's a reason that my mom divorced him as well. He was really into himself. You know, he was in World War II and he had some, he was he was a little damaged. Uh, you know, uh, he had saw some really traumatic things. I didn't know this until very late in his life. I went on a trip with him to Washington, D.C. with a bunch of other veterans. And it was just a three, four day trip. It was one of those honor flight things. And I learned more about him in those three days than he had spoken to me in my entire life. So it, it explained a lot. You know, I know a little bit. I did take abnormal psychology in, in college, so I know a little bit. You know, it was a different world then, too. There was no internet. If you were at home alone, you were at home alone. You had one phone. Your sister's always on it. There you are. I read a lot, and I ran around outside a lot and rode my bike. <laughs> so, I mean, it's such a different world. I agree. It's so interesting that because Bailey has the same dynamic where she feels like she learned a lot from having step parents when it came into her being a stepmom and it sounds like you were the same way that you had some takeaways that maybe helped you navigate it's really important to have a good partner though with that that's what you know saved me that's another thing it's almost like you listen to our podcast or something that's another thing that elise and i preach a lot is if you don't have a rock solid relationship with your partner this whole step parenting co-parenting thing is going to be incredibly difficult we've gotten several messages on instagram where our followers are asking, how do I handle this with my husband? They're not seeing eye to eye with me. They can't empathize. They're telling me it's my way or the highway. They're telling me I can't do this. I can't do that. And our go-to answer is always, you have to get on a level playing field with them. You have to come to a common ground. You have to have a really strong relationship and you have to have each other's back and be aligned on how you're going to parent and how you're going to handle any of those types of situations. Yeah, because kids are smart. They'll exploit to, to for their own. I mean, they're kids. They're going to try and get away with what they can. If they see a divide, they'll go for it. I mean, just our, my biological son does that. So that's the thing. And we deal with that. So, you know, there's a huge divide and the capitalization on what can I do to get what I want? because mom and dad aren't on the same page. And you're totally right. That doesn't have to be a co-parenting situation. Heck, I did the same thing to my parents. I'm 
go ask dad or I'll, I'll ask mom, hey, can I do this? And if she tells me no, I go ask dad. Well, dad said I could do it. So mm -hmm. why don't you guys agree? The way we got around that is we had rock solid ground rules. You know, if you don't know what the answer to the question is, I'll talk to your mom about it. And so they don't see that you can get in a huge fight about whatever it is later, but if they don't see it, then they think there's a divided front, okay. solid front, not divided. Yeah, that's a good point. That is what my husband and I have done too. I mean, my stepdaughter, she's turning 20 next week, which is wild to think about. Oh, happy birthday to her. I know, but wow. yeah, isn't that crazy? But she would ask me permission to do things and I, I took the same approach. I mean, not only was it important for my husband and I to be on the same page, but when she was younger than eight, and her mom was still very opinionated about everything that she does, wears, says, who she talks to and whatnot. I really had to take a backseat and really lean on my husband and say, I'll talk to your dad about it. And then her dad would go talk to his ex-wife and they would have to align. So it was really this like trio of people having to make this decision behind the scenes. But I learned the hard way that I couldn't just give a simple answer because it would get me in trouble later, either with my husband or with his ex-wife. It's easier if you can get him to move out of the country. I'll take note of that. I'll send her, I'll send her a little note, a recommendation. <laughs> so last question for you. And I don't know if this is something you've ever dealt with, but a lot of stepmoms are always curious about legalities and how different folks handle that sort of situation. Were you guys ever in a legal situation where you had to juggle what that looked like or any sort of court situation? We did. So her father, he was making pretty good money. And I think this is right around the time we got married or or right before. And she was really struggling. She she was driving a, you know, an old car and she had was in an accident and had to buy, I think she bought it like a $400 car. And um, she was really struggling and he was not really financially supporting as much, I think, as he should. Now, we didn't get lawyers involved, but because he was out of the country, my wife went to, oh, I think it was. It's like probably family and child services. Yes, that's what it was. And she reported his income. So they got in touch with him, which he did not like for obvious reasons. And because he was out of the country, he had to come back once a year to get a, a work visa. And if he didn't take care of his financial responsibilities, then that could have been revoked. And I uh, and that was the one time. And she wasn't asking for a, a ton of money, um, just enough to help her keep you in clothes and, you know, take care of the daily expenses. And the thing I remember about that though is when he would come back and say look at that you got a nice car I, I guess I'm paying for that he said that a couple of times and that um that was really a little uncomfortable but that's the only time we had the, the court thing the custody thing was all worked out because he was out of the country and she would go visit him but other than that it was there wasn't a lot of court stuff yeah we were we were lucky in that regard in comparison to your situation, Elise. Yeah. Bailey can tell you offline, Steve, some of the fun times we've had, but it can get expensive, you know, having, having a, a difficult situation and, and trying to navigate that. But I'm glad to hear you guys only had that one instance and didn't deal with anything else. Oh, actually I do have one more question. What did it look like from a college perspective when Bailey went to college and it, the financial piece of what that looks like for having, you know, two different households. How'd you guys decide all that stuff? We didn't include him in any of those plans at all. We decided that that wasn't going to be worth any. We, we took care of it ourselves because once she turned 18, my wife had always promised me that once she turned 18, I, I wouldn't have to deal with him anymore. So we made plans to just take care of it herself. And we made a deal with Bailey. She could get excellent grades. 
work really hard in high school, have no life, and get a scholarship. Or she could have fun, get straight B's. Or C's. <laughs> and as long as she was working, we would split the college with her. And that's what we ended up doing because I can't make someone be and not enjoy life because I didn't. To me, the, the schoolwork wasn't the most important thing in life. Living is the most important thing in life to me. Um, so your mom and I balance each other out with that, though. Yeah. She was the disciplinarian. Definitely. I High school was not my jam. I had way more fun socializing in high school and partying in high school than I did in any of the schoolwork. But once I got to college, I was passionate about what I was going to college for and really found kind of my academic groove, if you want to call it that. And Partying with gummies? <laughs> that wasn't until way after college, for the record. <laughs> but I got better grades and did get my bachelor's degree and, you know. Had quickly, too. Quickly, yeah. Became the boss bitch that you are today. That's right. Good job, Steve. Thank you. I just showed up. <laughs> I was an average student. My parents were just trying to make sure I didn't get any tattoos. Apparently, we they cared that. about we that. We did that too, but when she turned eighteen, <laughs> it's a, it's you know, it's it's in. So there you go. Hers are cute. He's just mad that I got a tramp stamp. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a episode all in itself. Talking about the tramp stamp. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll Steve, be not here for that. It's been amazing having you on. We have a hundred other questions we could ask you and things that we could pick your brain on. You've been super fun and thanks for being a good sport. We look forward to uh, bringing, bringing you on if this wasn't too painful yet again. No, it was fine. Uh, thank you very much for having me. I enjoyed it. 